my favorite thing about pregnancy was, and the one thing I miss the most, the feeling in your body when the baby's moving. I know. There's just like, sometimes like now, like I'll have like gas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. oh my God, is there? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm like, <laughs> who's in there? <laughs> Hi, I'm Arielle Charnas and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In-House with me, Arielle Charnas. For today's episode, I'd like to welcome one of my close friends and fellow mother, Alana Feldman. Alana and I met a few years ago, and we've been inseparable ever since. A native New Yorker, Alana has has over 10 years of experience as a nursery school teacher and is now bringing that knowledge to private tutoring. As a mother of two, she has gained a new perspective on working with children and values the importance of creating a strong educational foundation in the early years. I'm looking forward to talking to her about her friendship, motherhood, and her new tutoring business. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're on here right now. I've been waiting for this moment. (laughs) Such an honor. Truly, I'm just very grateful and appreciative and can't wait to be here. Why don't we give everyone a brief background on you, and then let's talk about how we how we first met. So I was a teacher for, um, I would say, 10, a little over 10 years, straight out of college. Um, I went to Tulane, and um, I had a background in psychology and sociology and just really fell in love with education. Um, my sister was a nursery school teacher, so of course I was Oh, intrigued. she was? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, So she taught for probably eight years. And after college, I just kind of was really interested in learning more. And so I got a teaching job at this really sweet little nursery school on the Upper East Side, working with the old threes. So they turned four kind of like mid-year. I was there for, I would say, two years. And then I decided I wanted to go to get my master's. So I got a master's in early ed and special ed certified basically kindergarten or pre pre kindergarten through right. second grade ish. And yeah, and then I was in a classroom for 10 years, loved it, was just interested and excited and felt kind of motivated by my job and had a child, I would say what it was Sienna's eight. So yeah, so it was my 10th or 11th year teaching, I got pregnant. And um, yeah, and I had Sienna. And then after that kind of felt more inspired by the one-on-one as versus the classroom teaching. So that's kind of what steered me into, um, into tutoring. Let's talk about how we first met each other. <laughs> we were at, I'll give Sabrina credit because I it's know she'll fully flip out Sabrina. if she hears this. Yeah. yeah. So our friend Sabrina had a, like a class at her house. It was a soccer class. A soccer class. And I used to bring Ruby and Alana brought her daughter Summer. And I just I would always see her and she she never she never like spoke to me, which I kind of liked because that was like like, why we are friends now. (laughs) Yeah. No, I swear she didn't. She never made like any effort to say hi or anything. But one time both of the girls were on the swings and I was like, she's like so pretty and like. She's so like, she looks so like confident as a mother. Like I really want to talk to her. So I introduced myself and then that was it. Because once you like get into like Alana's life, she just like completely opens up and like makes sure that you're never out of it, which I think everyone would say about you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. 
what would you say makes us click as friends? I mean, we are so similar in many, many ways, and yet so opposite and so different. Yeah. I think that what I love about you and what I'm kind of inspired by and what makes me just in awe is that you are a straight shooter. What you see is what you get. You are like, so your undying love for your family and your just ability to kind of put them first to know what's important in your life and stay focused on that and run an amazing business is it's you. just incredible. I mean, it is you you kind of got me back on my horse to get going and and to get remotivated to do my tutoring company and and I give you a lot of credit for that because it's hard. It's hard to be a mom, it's hard to run a business, um but it's also incredibly important and for yourself, for your kids, for everybody. So that's really nice. It's true. How would you say our friend I mean, we've we've only been friends for like four years? Yeah, I'd say like no, let's see. It probably yeah, I would say four. Yeah. Four and a half. How, yeah. How would you say our friendship has evolved? I think we've been I f- like right off the bat we were I mean, right off the bat we connected. Right yeah. off the bat it was just a natural kind of organic friendship. It never felt forced. It's always no. kind of natural and fun. And over the years, I think you've just trusted me and you've opened up to me. And I think just as any friendship grows just naturally, it kind of just evolved. Yeah, I agree. You're a mother of two. What were your expectations of motherhood? Did you have any preconceived notions of what it would be like? And did the reality match that? Yeah, I I always wanted to be a mom. I was working with children since for as long as I can remember. I think part of my background being an educator Mm -hmm. and being with children, it it set me up for kind of, I knew what to expect in some ways. I knew certain milestones. I knew, you know, just academically certain things in terms of the social and emotional piece of, of having a child. I mean, it just comes with experience and kind of understanding that every child is different. And, you right. know, I had Sienna and then I had Summer and they're two completely different kids. But I mean, I always wanted to have kids. So I think it was, it just was wonderful when it happened. Were you involved with your sisters when she, with your, when she had a baby? Yes. So she has two girls. They're older. They're four years older than mine. But was she here? She was here. So she was here yeah. for, well, she was here when she was pregnant with her oldest. And then she had her oldest when she moved to Texas. So, but I would right. be there all the time. Um, her kids were like my kids. So you changed a diaper before you had I babies. changed a diaper before I had a baby. <laughs> I'm super maternal. Like I would yeah, change yeah. diapers in my classroom. You know, like I was the mom. Yeah. I was the teacher that was just very comfortable with like a gross nose or like wiping, you know, a tushy or whatever it was. Yep. It was never anything that I was like grossed out by. Right. So I think that my natural way is maternal. And it's so interesting because you're a second child. Mm-hmm. I'm the baby. <laughs> I know. That's so interesting. Only the baby. Yeah. What surprised you the most about being a mom that like no one really told you? What surprised me in particular is that I, I'm super patient. I'm the most patient person with other people's children. Like I can work all day with them. I never get frustrated. I am kind. I'm empathetic. I have that ability to 
just sit on the ground with them and like play game. And with my own, it's interesting (laughs) because it's different. You know, it's my ability to, to, I think it's because I have exposure and I have standards that might be different than someone else who is not a mom and a teacher. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting when you work with kids for so many years and then you have your own, it's, it's kind of like an insight before it's, it was right. helpful for me. What, so, and what would you say you've learned the most from being a mother? Patience, trying yeah. to be more patient, trying to be compassionate and understanding when things are just difficult yeah. and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm continuing to learn every day. Every day is a new experience. And it's great because every day you can start over. And every day you can have a clean slate. And if something happened that wasn't great the day before, you're feeling kind start of over. sad about it. Yeah, like your kids are so understanding, any child. Yeah. And they just, they want to please you. And they want, you know, they want things to be great. So the next day, if it's not, if you know, the day before wasn't great, you start over and it's just a clean slate moving on. And what about pregnancy and postpartum? Are there any moments that like will stay with you forever, good or bad? You liked being pregnant. Loved being. I know. It's like hard to even say that out loud, let alone on air. But I, I actually too, felt my best pregnant. I was in a really good headspace. I really am an anxious person in general. And I felt good in my own skin. Yeah. I just felt comfortable. And I actually felt sad after I had the baby because she wasn't inside my body anymore. And now it was something that was just a totally different um, experience having her outside. So I felt the same way. Listen, postpartum can happen in many different ways. For me, it was the anxiety of having her outside of my body and having to really be, you know, mindful of another human being and making sure that she stays alive (laughs) was it was, it was a lot, but then, you know, you realize it's just natural and it's normal to feel these feelings and, and then it subsides. And then as they grow up, other things kind of come into play. Right. I would say my favorite thing about pregnancy was, and the one thing I miss the most now, cause now after a third, I know, I'm, I know I'm done. Yeah. Like after my second, I still didn't feel there was something still in me that I was like, I can't, I need to do it one more time. Now I finally feel like I'm good. Yeah. Done with that chapter. But the 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 feeling in your I body know. when the baby's moving, there's just like sometimes like now, like I'll have like gas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. oh, my God, is there? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm like, <laughs> who's in there? <laughs> it's really. I it's, love that it's feeling. Sad, I know. But I loved that feeling. I know. I totally can relate. So did the way that you looked at your career and your ambitions change after you became a mom? Yeah. Yes and no. So I wanted to be home with my girls when they were home. So for the first Mm -hmm. four years plus, I felt like I didn't want to miss out on anything, nothing. And so I was the sole caretaker. I would take them around and it was important for me to have that time with them. Um, Now that my kids are older, Deanna's eight, Summer's five, I just, my purpose is shifting in a way. And I want to kind of just fill that, that bucket. And I kind of Mm -hmm. feel that for them to see their mommy doing something that fills her bucket and makes me feel good and excited is the best thing I can do for them. 
to show them that it's important to do something for yourself and have your own passions. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that they're proud of me and they're excited for me and it will be good for the whole family because I need to feel good about myself to be my best, you know, mother. A thousand percent. There are a lot of listeners out there who are not mothers yet, are not at this stage of life, but they are in college or just graduated and wanting to find someone. Would you be comfortable sharing how you met your husband? Oh, of course. (laughs) So Aaron and I both went to Tulane. Mm -hmm. He was a few years older. We met informally. How much older is he? Was he like a senior when you were a freshman? He was a senior when I was a freshman. Exactly. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he played baseball. It was like a totally different. He was like baseball Aaron. I know. That's hot. He's going to (laughs) like. Anywho. So we met at a bar downtown Mm -hmm. called Goldmine for all of you New Orleans people. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I was a very good girl. I stuck with my friends. I was certainly not leaving my friends late night to go meet a guy and stay at the bar with him while they left. So we met. He asked me to hang out. He asked for me to have a drink. And I had a drink. And then we, I went my own way. Flash forward probably maybe two years and we meet again. Wait, outside of Tulane? Outside of Tulane. He graduated. I was still there. He messaged me on, I don't know what, it was either Facebook, Facebook? Friendster, (laughs) MySpace. It was one of those for sure, where like on the bottom of the screen, you have mutual friends. So it's like we had one mutual friend that connected us. And anyway, so he messages me and he says, you know, you look super familiar. Where do I know you from? And I remember I was sitting on my bed. I had my mom come in. I was like, mom, you have to see were this you guy. In this, were you home I was at home. this point? I was home. Okay. I must have, I must have just graduated. So I was home. Okay. And you were in the city. I was in the city. And, okay. and I obviously knew him. He knew me. It was like so funny. So we. Why would he write that? Because so he was weird. like, you know, trying to play it cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And then we reconnected. We went out. What did you write back? I said, you know where you know me from. Uh, And I, yeah, okay. Like I'll play cool too. And I like tried and I was so excited to go out with him. I was so excited to see him. Where did you go? We went. Did you remember him over those two years? Of course. Of course I remembered him. So why didn't you like write him over those two years? Because I wasn't, I wasn't going to write him. Like, you know, I think I was seeing someone else in college. He was like doing whatever he was doing after college. Right. And then we went out for dinner. We went to this restaurant called Inoteca, which closed since, but it was oh God, incredible on the Lower East Side. And yeah. And then we, that was, it. that was it. That was it for like the minute. That was it for probably six months. Then we broke up and we got back together. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Super important. How long after did you get back together? Like you broke up after six months and then what? So we dated for probably like six or seven months. It was great. He was still super young. And, you know, and so was I. And it just wasn't the right timing. So, you know, timing is everything. It's like you have to be at the right place at the right time. So how did so you got back together like a year after two years after we got back? No. So we broke up in probably June or July of that year. And then by October. Oh, so October. he just like he wanted a little back. bit of the summer. Yeah, exa- he just needed a summer. I was like, 
take your summer. <laughs> and I right. knew that. I mean, I knew. I knew that he was. I knew that it was it. And then you named your daughter that. Yeah, exactly. That's so. I, I don't know how I didn't know that full story. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about your career. So what led you specifically to teaching? Was it your sister? It was a combination. It was my sister. Yeah. It was the fact that I loved working with kids from as long as I can remember. I horseback ride. As a child, I would teach pony camp in the summers at the barn that I rode at. Oh, I didn't know that. I just always loved being around kids. Right. So it felt the right direction. Was nursery like the best age group? I mean, they probably say the cutest things all the time. So nursery for me, it's not for everybody. I mean, a lot of teachers will tell you that they like, you know, the older kids in first and second grade, and they're actually learning. And they're, for me, the kids, the babies are the sweet spot. It is, they're so genuine. They're straight shooters. There's no fluff. They're innocent. They're innocent. They you know, still want to sit on your lap, but they, you know, right. they don't want to get in trouble. You know, you really have, as an educator, I think getting them at that young stage is such a privilege because you're setting them up for a lifelong Everything. love of learning. Yeah. There is no, um, it's important to be a good early education teacher. It makes such a difference. I'm always so jealous at drop-off. I know. For Esme's school. I'm like, looking at the teachers, I'm like, you guys must die every day from the things these kids say and do because it is the cutest thing ever. It is incredible. I mean, the things I heard, for better or oh for God. worse, during I mean, you can't. And then I would share during conferences <gasps> with the parents. Yeah. And I was like a super young teacher at the time. Right. And parents were just, you know, enjoyed talking to me because it was easy. The best. And yeah. I would share all of the things I heard throughout the year and they would be mortified. It was always the best because they just tell you. They tell you everything. They tell you everything. I know. Open book. So how did teaching lead you to wanting to start your own tutoring business and to start doing one-on-one? So I was in a classroom for 10 years. It was like, you know, between 16 and 18 kids in a class. There were three teachers. There was three of us for those children. It was wonderful. But it was a lot. It was always, yeah. you know, I never felt like I could give my, my devote my entire attention to any one child specifically. And through teaching at that school, I would then do, you know, after school tutoring here and there. And I just, it was like a natural segue. It kind of just, you know, the one-on-one for me was far superior to the whole classroom. So just being able to, to really hone in on specific skills with each child and work on you know, whatever that child needed at that time was super rewarding for me. And I I really saw the difference, even in a few sessions of just working with a child, seeing it doesn't take much. You just have to sit there and devote your time and and really focus on and be present and be focused on the skills, whatever they may be, that that they're working on. So that was kind of the tutoring, how it evolved. And through through your experience, what has this taught you to taught to you about creating a strong educational foundation for children? Like, why is that so important? Like I said, like the, the earlier you can get to a child, the better you, it's not just the academics, it's the social emotional piece. It's creating an inner confidence and an ability to, to attend to a task, whatever the task may be. So like Mm -hmm. not every child will sit and 
sit at a table, do the work, do, you need to be able to, and I'll never forget this, my co-teacher who I loved working with for 11, almost 11 years, she would say to me, Alana, if you can't get through the front door, get through the back door, get through the side door. Meaning if you can't figure out any, figure out any angle to get that child to learn. So because my background is early ed and special ed, it allows me to, you know, at the drop of a dime, if I notice, oh, I've created this whole curriculum for a child, I'm sitting with them, it's not working. You need to be able to be flexible. You need to be able yep. to just pivot and be and have some, another game plan ready to roll right then and there. So understanding that children learn differently. No two yep. kids learn the same. Doesn't mean that they have learning differences. It doesn't mean that they are have issues. It's just right. the nature of working with kids. Every kid learns differently. So my job is to figure out what makes that kid tick, what will get to them, you know, is it something, you know, for doing a unit, if they're doing a unit in a school on planets and planets are fascinating to them and they're interested in it, bringing in the math component, bringing in yep. all of the different elements into that unit to then teach whatever it right. is that you need to teach. Do you incorporate, I mean, I'm sure everything you've you've learned over the years working with children into your own family's education? I try. I try to. Is it different? It's different. It's, yeah, it's for sure. It's natural for me to kind of do what I do with, you know, if I were to work with Esme or Ruby uh, to come home and do those same skills and activities with my kids. But mom is not meant to be teacher. Like I wear my mom hat at home. And then I go and I can be a teacher and I can do everything else. But to be teacher and mom at the same time is tricky. Yeah. Not every kid wants to sit with their mom and do activities or work or whatever it may be. But I do try to take the patience aspect of working with other children into my home because that's something I'm always just reminding myself right. about when I'm with Sienna and Summer. And do you have any advice for parents on how we can help our children? Yeah. Like, what can we do at home? I think the best thing you can do is just to be present, to be able to put your phone down, down, give your children the, you know, complete attention and sit with them and play with them. Play. It's not meant for you to be doing work with them. Find games. What I love is I have a list of 25 games that you can play as a parent with your child. So if you're working on fine motor skills, for example, and you want to strengthen, you know, that pincer grip here, there's operation is a great game. Hi-ho cherio is a great game. Beating is a great game. All of those games where you're, you know, using tweezers to kind of strengthen that. Right. If you are working on language development, reading a book, sit down and read a book and then pause after each page and just make sure that they're understanding you know, you want to constantly reinforce the who, what, where, when questions as you're reading so that they're involved with the book. Right. You know, if you're doing puzzles and block design, there's so many games. So just sitting down at a table and playing with them Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to have fun, I think, makes the most impact for a child. Right. So what can people expect from a session with your tutoring company? So a session with me is typically 45 minutes to an hour. It depends on the age. I work with kids between the ages of like two, I would say, to six, six, seven. Okay. And it's run kind of 
like a classroom. So I set it up. I will do an informal evaluation upon meeting them just to understand where they're at. I think what's most important is Mm -hmm. open communication between myself, you know, the parent, any other teachers or specialists that are involved to create a game plan so that everyone's on the same page and working towards a common goal. So you can connect with the school or the teacher. Yeah. Like you would intro. Yeah. So you can understand what they're learning in class. Exactly. I think that it's important for every aspect of the child's life to be transparent so that everyone can work together. Yeah. And yeah. and, And my approach is kind of a holistic approach. So I will look at the social emotional piece and the academic piece and create a plan that will work with, of course, any issues or or specific things that are brought to my attention through the parents or the school. And I'll incorporate that into an overall game plan for the child. If someone were interested in your services but aren't in New York, can, would you be open to Zoom? Like, do Zooms yeah. work? So throughout COVID, um, I did a lot of Zoom sessions. It works. Okay. It works for that moment in time, I think, because there wasn't much of other options. Any other stimulation. Yeah. I think it's best to be one on, to be in person. So of course, would I talk to the family? Absolutely. Um, I have done it in the past, but I think my services are best kind of when I'm with physically with a child. Yeah. One-on-one. Yeah. So what, what's the company called and how can people find you, contact you? So learn with Alana. I have a website and I will be on Instagram as Learn with Alana. What's the website? Learnwithalana.com. Cool. And do you have any advice for mothers out there who took a step back from their careers when they became mothers? Like, what's your advice on getting back into it and reigniting your passion? Yeah, I think that it's timing. I think when you feel like, you are ready and there's something inside of you that is like an itch. You're just, you want to get out there and do something. You'll know when that time is. And I encourage everybody to go out and, and do that for themselves. I'm just starting now, but I see what it's done for very dear friends of mine, um, like you and many other moms who are bosses and they are empowered and they are really inspiring for other people moms and to their families and to their children. And I think it's just setting such a strong example. And that's really nice to hear from someone who has been a full-time mom the last couple of years, because when you are a working mother and you do show up to drop off and you see the other mothers, like just very close, they're very close with each other. And you're like, I'm not really in that Mm -hmm. circle because I don't really have the time to do that. And you feel like you're failing in that department. Totally. It's nice to know that there's pros and cons to each side, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, you guys, well, not you anymore, but all full-time mother or stay-at-home moms are very inspiring to working moms as well. I always love introducing my friends to the podcast, especially as they set out on their own careers. So thank you for joining me. I know a lot of my listeners definitely wanted to hear from you and meet you. So thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you for having me. Such an honor. And thank you to all the listeners out there. You can reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on next. You could DM us on Instagram at Something Navy and follow Learn With Alana. And you can go to our website, learnwithalana.com. And we'll see you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. 
Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week.